Welcome back to New World Next Week. I'm James Corbett of CorbettReport.com. And I'm James Evan Pilato from MediaMonarchy.com. Our children are now being taught by people who are not certified educators. We've got that story, plus injecting self-assembling nanoparticles. But first, Canadian province caves to the public, abandons planned vax tax on the unvaccinated. Quebec Premier Francois Legault announced yesterday the province would abandon plans to impose a tax attacks on unvaccinated residents, citing unfavorable public opinion. I understand that this divides Quebecers, and right now we have to build bridges, Legault told reporters at a press conference, according to the CBC. That's government news reporting on government agents. My role is to try to bring Quebecers together to stay as united as possible. Legault has announced, had announced plans in early January to tax residents who had not taken the COVID-19 vaccine, citing a burden they were placing on the province's health networks. Those who refuse to receive their first dose in the coming weeks will have to pay a new health contribution, Legault said at the time. I know the situation is tough, but we can get through this together. If you do exactly as we say, we need to focus our efforts on two things, getting the first, second, and third doses of the vaccine, So that's three things in one. And reducing our contacts, of course, especially with older people, because the state's going to murder them and you might feel kind of attached to them and stuff. Legault announced yesterday that the government would abandon the plan tax in favor of alternative measures such as door-to-door service for at-home vaccinations, citing growing discontent among the public and, of course, the need for social cohesion. But that really is just the start. I think it's all the pushback action seems to be happening in Canada. Saskatchewan Premier says he will remove vaccine mandate, but won't commit to a date. Premier Scott Moe says Saskatchewan's proof of vaccination against COVID-19 has run its course, but he wouldn't commit to removing the requirement before it expires at the end of the month anyway. In other Canadian freedom news, Freedom Convoy in Canada accesses $1 million in that once frozen viral fundraiser. A lot of this is an update of what we talked about last week, James. GoFundMe account for Canada anti-vaccine mandate truckers nears $10 million mark. GoFundMe has distributed a million in Canadian dollars. That is 783,000 American dollars to a trucker convoy in Canada protesting COVID-19 vaccine mandates. Funds for the Freedom Rally or Freedom Convoy viral campaign, which has raised more than $7 million dollars, were frozen last week after GoFundMe said it needed to see a plan for how the funds would be disbursed. It's really interesting. I'm sure they do that to everybody. So how are you going to pay for your family hardship? I, I want to see the, the result, the, the receipts, the plans. Tamara Litch, who set up the Freedom Convoy 2020 cam- 2022 campaign on GoFundMe, said funds will be used to reimburse Canadians for gas and food expenses incurred while participating in the whole big freedom convoy. And the last awesome bit, truckers, organizers, providing meals in downtown Ottawa. Truckers are providing meals for the homeless in downtown Ottawa. Zero mainstream media coverage. Organizers also have pop-up pizza ovens cooking food for everybody all over the place. These are the people Canada's first black prime minister, Justin Trudeau, is calling unacceptable. James, that is some not unmitigated good news from up north. Indeed, it is. It is good news. Let's not be afraid of that term at this point, because I don't want to 
lose sight of the silver cloud because of the dark lining to reverse that metaphor because uh yes we we know and we understand what this is and what this means in the context in which it is happening we know that these are battles that are being won but the war is far from over we know that and can situate this information in its proper context is the premier of quebec is this like the grinch who stole christmas uh, what the the who's of whoville are singing oh okay i'll give all the christmas presents back has there been some fundamental change of heart of course not no this has nothing to do with that he says it in his statement this is about public opinion well i know this is really dividing people and a lot of people are angry so i'll give you this back Okay, so now you can have back some of the freedom that you used to enjoy uh, just months ago. Now, now here it is. Uh, so, of course, this is not a fundamental win. This is not the, the, the biosecurity state has been defeated. But has this improved tangibly and calculably and, and, and palpably the lived experience of people in Quebec? Yes, it has. That's the point. We keep pushing. We keep pushing. We do not stop. Even though this is not the end of the battle. And I, I wrote about this quite explicitly in the newsletter last weekend. Do not go back to sleep. This is not the end, where I talked about the two steps forward, one step back, rug pull, a strategic withdrawal that the politicians, the mealy-mouthed politicians, are uh, engaging in right now. But I want to highlight something else that I pointed out in that editorial, where I wrote, the freedom convoy in Canada is a good thing. Can it be corrupted and co-opted? Of course. Can agent provocateur go in and provoke acts of violence or destruction in the name of freedom lovers? Of course. Will the entire spectacle cement in the minds of some that our fundamental freedoms are the government's to give or to take away and that our only option is to ask them for our rights back? Of course. But absolutely any movement or protest or idea in the world can be spun to portray freedom lovers as violent and dangerous or silly people by those who control the mass media. The point is that we know people who are supporting the convoy for the right reasons. We know that there is a title shift in public opinion happening in Canada right now, and that the political puppets are working so hard to demonize it or run away from it, right, Justin? Precisely because it can represent a storming of the Bastille moment for a genuine freedom movement, and we can bypass the mass media control and directly influence the public's understanding of these events for ourselves. Yes, why are we sitting here waiting for the CBC or CTV or some of these controlled outlets to start reporting truthfully on matters like this? We know that they won't. They are going to push as hard as they can on the propaganda narrative that these horrible, violent, dis dis disruptive, racist, misogynist protesters are horrible people. And look, they're waving Nazi flags. That's totally an, a genuine grassroots, spontaneous part of what's going on right now. And oh, they're harassing people at food kitchens. Meanwhile, they're literally feeding homeless on the street, but never hear a thing about that in the control media. Of course, that's not what they are there to do. Stop waiting for the CBC to report the truth. That is not their job. That is our job. We know this. We can spread this information to others, and we are having that effect. If anyone needs an uplift on this, I would suggest they take a look at Dan Dick's recent interview with Theron Fleury. Yes, that Theron Fleury of the Calgary Flames, um, who clearly, I think there are political issues and things on which I, I, I don't think his understanding is the same as James Corbett's understanding on certain issues. 
But this is a person who is at the grassroots level who is uh, feeling the excitement of what's going on right now and is willing to push it through no matter what. Uh, who cares about my reputation in the mainstream? It doesn't matter anymore. It's over. We are done with that. I would really suggest people check out that interview if they're interested in that. But yes, this is some good news that's happening. The worst thing that I think and the, the thing that I'm most worried about is Unfortunately, people's incredible lack of imagination will get the better of them. And this will inspire trucker convoys across the world. Now that we can have truckers in Australia and truckers in the US and truckers in Europe. As if truckers, as if it's about the truckers. It is not about the truckers. Stop focusing on the specific particularities of one particular instantiation of this idea and concentrate on the idea. We all have parts to play and we can do it in a million, million different ways. And that will be a more effective strategy than trying to do the exact same thing every single time until, hey, it's like they've developed defenses against our attack. I wonder what's going on. We have to press on every point and every button we have right now. That would be my my word of warning about this. This is not about truckers. This is about a general title change in public opinion that's happening right now. Well, and we've talked about so much of this before. You've got to work in your field. I don't know, squat about being a trucker. I know about media. I know about the radio industry. Heck, I know a bunch about the grocery store industry. Those would be more of my fields. Those are the ones that you got to get involved again. We've talked about this many, many times. Don't expect that you're going to go infiltrate some other scene that, that you don't have a lot of knowledge about. This maybe relates to, as we've talked in years past, when it seemed far less fraught and scary Bring up the subjects that you know will resonate with certain people. As I've said in decades past, it was like, bring up the financial stuff with your brother. Bring up the food stuff with your mom. Bring up the government stuff with your dad or whatever. Those kind of situations, I think, are going to work a lot more successfully. Uh, you might have been referencing, James, the, this dude carrying around a Confederate flag at one of the Canadian protests. I heard about that. I also saw a picture of a literal Nazi flag. A genuine <laughs> grassroots part of this trucker protest. I guarantee it. That's just a red-blooded Canadian right there. Oh, of course. I mean, all the red-blooded Canadians carry around American Confederate flags from 200 years ago. Again, you could look at it and go, huh, one of these things doesn't fit. And it's, again, it's almost like you didn't do your homework of how to dress up like the false flag you were trying to pull off. <laughs> also, James, you, you talked about this recently. They push, they push, they push, they push until you say, hey. And they go, oh, OK, we'll, we'll back off a little bit for a minute until you let your guard down again. And they'll pretty much come right back at it and make sure you vote the correct way. Our second segment on this New World Next Week, episode 474, Novel Nanoparticles, SARS-CoV-2 Vaccine Combines Immune Focusing and Self-Assembling Nanoparticles. Just rolls off the tongue. The first generation of COVID-19 vaccines have been highly effective, but also have limitations. Their efficacy can wane without a booster shot, and they may be less effective against some variants. Now, scientists at the Wistar Institute, W-I-S-T-A-R, that have developed a more targeted vaccine that in animal studies show stronger, broader, and more durable protection in a single low dose. The vaccine combines three technologies. Immune focusing, which doesn't sound even like proper grammar, James, self-assembling nanoparticles and DNA delivery 
all into a single platform for the first time. In addition to its other advantages, the vaccine can be stored at room temperature, making it easier to transport as opposed to all the other, you know, warp speed maga jabs that mess with your DNA that require special cold storage. This is among the first generation vaccines that will have more advanced features and broader protection, said Daniel Culp, PhD, associate professor at the Vaccine and Immunotherapy Center at the Wistar Institute and corresponding author of this study. The paper, Nucleic Acid Delivery of Immune-Focused SARS-CoV-2 Nanoparticles Drive Rapid and Potent Immunogenicity, immunogenicity Capable of Single-Dose Protection. That was indeed published in the journal Cell Reports. Researchers are now, of course, seeking that sweet, sweet funding to begin human guinea pig trials of this vaccine. James, I don't know that I could read that research article again. Even the title will just include, of course, that in the show notes. Please, Dr. Corbett, can you explain to me why I am not excited about this? You are not excited about this, James, because you have your head screwed on straight and you understand enough to know that there is a deeper agenda at play here. And one of them is the, oh, these mRNA vaccines are awesome and amazing and useful, but they're not working quite well enough because they wane after a few months. No, 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 we need to we need to tinker with the formula a little bit and come up with these new self-assembling nanoparticles to deliver DNA directly into your cells to do this job. And hey, you don't have to star- store it at the cold temperatures and the, it'll, it'll last for longer. It can be more uh, more generally effective for various variants and things. It's just, it's, it's mother's milk, I tell you. Um, so yes, I, I would hope that some real medical researchers are looking more specifically at the specifics of this. I won't presume to be have the laboratory experience to be able to give you the ins and outs of, of what this is, but I do think it is important when they explain the process a little bit. Researchers then used naturally self-assembling proteins to form nanoparticles, which display highly engineered immunogens. By arranging themselves into structures that resemble an actual virus, the nanoparticles are more easily recognized by the immune system and transported to the germinal centers where they activate B cells, which produce protective antibodies. Using nucleic acid vaccine delivery technology similar to mRNA, the nanoparticle vaccine is encoded in DNA and delivered into cells, thereby giving genetic instructions for the body to build the immunogen internally. So, yes, this is similar to the mRNA idea, but it actually goes a step further and is very much in line with the broader scope of what we are talking about and that I've been trying to ring the alarm about for a year or two now that, yes, okay, yes, we understand vaccines, mRNA vaccines are not vaccines as we have ever known them. They are a completely different type of technology that are being called vaccines. But get used to that because things are going to get crazier and crazier and crazier and they'll still just call them vaccines because it might might be something that they still stick with a needle in your arm. Eventually it'll be microneedle array patches and then eventually it'll be hydrogels and other such things, which you will know about if you have been following my coverage for the past couple of years. Remember the crazy sci-fi idea of remote-controlled implantable uh, vaccines that came from that crazed conspiracy theorist, 
Bill Gates, a decade ago when he walked into the MIT lab of Robert Langer and said, you know, could you make some sort of implantable birth control device that we could control, you know, with remote control? And so they worked on that technology and then eventually came out um, as I documented in my Future of Vaccines documentary, which is more relevant now than even at the time it was produced, um, came out with such ideas as uh, hydrogels, which can then be uh, uh, released by uh, taking a fluorescent capsule, a pill, later on, so that you can have these time controlled, what they called remote-controlled vaccine delivery devices, uh, de delivery systems. Or we start talking about the uh, the nanobots, uh, the DN autonomous DNA nanorobots that will be in the future capable of transporting molecular pay pay payloads directly into cells. Well, we're getting along those lines with the, uh, the research we're talking about here. You've got the Thera grippers, the shape-changing micro-devices that can reside in your GI tract for extended periods of times, years presumably, in order to uh, deliver drugs at pre-timed intervals. Um, I mean, it is coming. Crazy stuff. The likes of which we would never have even dreamed of a few years ago are already being worked on and, who knows, potentially already in existence in the in the bowels of the Pentagon or elsewhere. And they're releasing it to the public a little bit at a time under the name of vaccine. But we know better. And I will put the links into what I've just been talking about so that you can inform yourself a little bit better about that and inform others about these incredible changes that are taking place. And another reason why you should probably know what you're putting into your body before you put it in there, right? My body, my choice, right? They, they used to say that all. They used to cheer it and yell about it and stuff. It is indeed. It is a brave new world order, James. You got me thinking about like smart dust. We used to, they used to talk about that as well. Whew, that is pretty complicated there, Dr. Corbett. I might, I might need a soldier to explain it to me. Our third and final story on this New World Next Week, New Mexico National Guard filling in as substitute teachers. New Mexico National Guard members this week started volunteering as substitute teachers. Uh, I'm sure they won't get paid at all, right? No, no extra payment for this. That's volunteer. New Mexico National Guard members this week started volunteering as substitute teachers amid shocking teacher shortages in the state. Fifty National Guard personnel have received teaching licenses. Lickety split, a spokeswoman for the New Mexico Public Education Department told the Epic Times in an email. They, the 50, were among the 108 who applied for substitute teacher applications after New Mexico Governor Michelle Lujan Grisham, a Democrat, urged Guard members to get their licenses to work as substitute teachers or child care workers. Hey, Army person, get ordained real quick online so we can say you're holy. Grisham noted that many child care facilities have temporarily closed, while, of course, she broke her own lockdown rules to go get jewelry, while some schools have stopped teaching in-person classes in recent weeks after staff members tested positive for COVID-19 or were identified as close contacts, of course, forcing them to isolate for five days. Since winter break, in New Hexaco alone, 60 school districts and charter schools have shut down in-person learning and 75 childcare facilities have partially or completely closed due to staffing shortages. New Mexico officials asked for volunteers from the state and National Guard and state agencies, a move that drew support from all the mind control cronies, Santa Fe Public School Superintendent, New Mexico PTA, and the American Federation of Teachers, New Mexico. To help promote the effort, 
the governor herself plans to substitute teach a spokesperson told Reuters that would be the same Reuters news agency whose CEOs work with Pfizer. The office of the governor, which said about 800 substitute teachers and child care workers were needed, did not respond to a request for more details. Isn't it funny when they're asked for more details and specifics? They're like, oh, what? I don't get service here. Hobbs, New Mexico, municipal school said two National Guard members, Specialist Cassandra Sierra and Sergeant First Class Clarence Gallicini, subbed for keyboarding and veterinary science classes this week. Photographs from the district showed the members teaching in classes while in uniform. Of course, members started teaching on Monday, according to the Education Department spokesperson. The New Mexico National Guard was asked whether it supported the initiative. It did not respond. National Guard members have helped with various tasks during the COVID-19 pandemic, such as ramming crap up your nose, but have not appeared to help fill teaching positions until now. A recent request for Maryland National Guard members to fill in for sick bus drivers was rejected by the National Guard, who said, uh, it's maybe more important we support hospitals, nursing homes, and testing sites. But because it is always a two-party illusion, Kim Skaggs, the Republican Party of New Mexico's executive director, correctly decried the governor's efforts. Once again, the governor isn't putting New Mexico students first. Our children are now being taught by people who are not certified educators. It's clear that students are not the governor's priority when it comes to education. You need quality teachers in our schools. Our education system remains the worst in the nation. This is an act of desperation and poor government leadership. New Mexico's National Guard shouldn't be put into this position. It's unfair to them and it's unfair to our students. Skaggs also called the governor going to teach a publicity stunt. Yes, Thomson Reuters CEO, that's their foundation. That's how they can lie and say, our heads aren't working with Pfizer. It's the CEO of the Thomson Reuters Foundation. That's the guy who joins Pfizer's board nearly a decade ago, James. As mentioned, this is the state, New Mexico, by many counts, the worst in child welfare. June 2021, New Mexico ranks 50th on kids count overall rank in the United States. June 2018, New Mexico ranks lowest for overall child well-being in the United States. Worse than Alabama, worse than West Virginia, worse than California. James, in related told you so news, I, I've got to include this one. Not to be confused with New Mexico Governor Michelle Lujan Grisham, New Mexico Senator Ben Ray Lujan hospitalized after suffering a stroke. Democratic Senator Ben Ray Lujan suffered stroke <gasps> could complicate Brandon Scotus plans. New Mexico Senator Ben Ray Lujan suffered a stroke last week and underwent brain surgery. His office revealed yesterday, nearly a week after it happened. They can keep things quiet when they want to. Lujan, a Democrat, is currently hospitalized and expected to make a full recovery. The 49-year-old Senator Felt dizzy and fatigued before being hospitalized and found to have suffered a stroke in his cerebellum. Lujan's recovery and presumed absence from Washington could complicate Democrats' efforts to quickly appoint whatever black lady to replace Breyer. As long as Lujan is absent, Democrats do not have enough members to allow them to confirm a Supreme Court justice on a party-line vote. Lujan's office declined to comment when asked by Comcast NBC News, When are you going to get back to work, buddy? A White House spokesman did not immediately respond to questions from CNBC about whether Brandon was aware of Lujan's condition, whether there was any sense at the White House of what 
Luhan's recovery time might be or whether he knew what day it was or how the weather was anywhere but Delaware. U.S. Senator Ben Ray Luhan hospitalized. Dude, they're, they're acting like it's all good. Ah, just brain salad surgery. No biggie. Luhan underwent brain surgery, including a decompressive craniotomy, a procedure where a portion of the skull is removed. The reason behind the procedure is to make room for the swell of the brain caused by trauma. Yes, confirmed. He has had at least one MAGA jab December 19th, 2020, as, of course, the first vaccines were rolling out. You, of course, have to do the selfie of yourself, you know, showing that you love MAGA jabs. I, of course, would wager he had two of those and at least one Brandon Booster, but I couldn't doom scroll in his awful Twitter feed any longer to try and find out. James, why are 40-year-old dudes dropping like flies? Oh, also, did you see South Park? had military as teachers like a year and a half ago in the pandemic special? Why are 40-year-olds dropping like flies? I think I had an answer to that in the fake news story of the year from my recent fake news awards. I will actually have more to say that about that in the very near future. Uh, did I see South Park uh, doing this? No, I didn't. But we maybe we should add South Park did it as a new meme that we can go <laughs> back to. Uh, but perhaps, in a way, it's predictable. It's a predictable outcome of what we've seen over the past couple of years. And I think this story actually is one of those stories that gets reported. Everyone sees their local version of this. But, of course, we don't generally look at the local versions from other places that where we don't reside. So here's the local version from my neck of the woods, public schools in Japan, short of over 2,500 teachers last year. So, you know, they haven't sent in the National Guard, which doesn't exist here, but they haven't sent in the self-defense force yet at this point to fill in those gaps. But uh, yes, the teacher shortages are happening all over the place. And again, this is not only a perfectly predictable, but actually an... A, a, a part of the agenda of the biosecurity state rollout that we've been seeing for some time. My only, I mean, we know where this is going, right? Uh, it's going to be online learning for everyone and you're going to be sitting there with your face in a tablet all the time. Um, or, I mean, at best, maybe you do actually go to schools and there's a robot teacher at the front that delivers, a, you know, your your lectures. Um, but we know who is really behind this and the agenda that is really behind it. Again, you could go back to my Who is Bill Gates documentary for more on this. But as we saw, what was one of the first things that happened as the wave of death in the New York nursing homes was sweeping the land and everyone was going crazy and uh, the, the, we're starting to talk about changing the world and the new normal and everything. Uh, of course, May 5th, 2020, New York State teams with Gates Foundation to reimagine education amid pandemic. Yes, of course, this is an expected and predicted and worked towards part of this agenda, because as you'll recall, the foreign policy side of the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation is focused on public health. The domestic side is focused on education, specifically the technocratization of education so that you can have children constantly working with uh, tablets and, and online and doing computer-based learning. Of course, what would what else would we expect from Bill Microsoft Gates, right? So, yes, this is to be expected, and the National Guard filling in for teachers is just the stopgap part of this, is actually part of that furthering of the, oh, this is terrible, won't someone do something about this? Oh, thank you, Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, for providing us funds so that now every student can learn from home, online learning. This is where this is going in the long run, I think. 
it's got to be over a decade ago. I feel like early on in media monarchy, there was quite the outcry of the story where school laptops took pictures of children in their bedrooms. And now, yeah, who cares? That's not a big deal. Why aren't school laptops taking pictures of children in their bedrooms? That That's the more important question. They are obviously dismantling everything on purpose and then blaming it on us. We ain't going to take it. That is New World Next Week, episode 474. As we always wrap up these episodes, I'd like to, of course, tell you what we got cooking in our own respective kingdoms. We set up NewWorldNextWeek.com, launched it last September to be the store. Shirts, DVDs, it is kicking butt. And I got the brand new one, baby. There it is, Century of Enslavement. The history of the Federal Reserve. It is actually a double disc epic. Just came in, James. It literally just the, the boxes piled up behind me. They just showed up here just a couple of hours ago. We are going to get those added to the stores. And of course, the shirts and all the other awesome merch. James, I've actually got Media Modern Key stickers that are in production. So I'm going to start dropping those into some of the packages. Uh, awesome Media Monarchy member Paul and Jamie, actually. They had gotten, I guess, 100 copies of an issue of Freedom's Phoenix newspaper. They sent me about a dozen of them, and folks actually may have already received some of those. I fit 10 copies of Ernest Hancock's Freedom Phoenix newspaper free inside some of the extra packages. Again, James, this is, should be no surprise to folks who have been Media Monarchy fans. I'm a giant music and media nerd. I grew up loving record labels and doing mail order and all this stuff to get a package in and they add in extra stuff and stickers and maybe a handwritten note. I loved getting that. And now I love being able to turn around and, and try and do that a little bit. Also, of course, we have the post office box, all that good stuff always included in the show notes. And of course, if you haven't come check out my radio stream, why not? Monday through Friday, nine to five mountain time news, music, memes, and more. It is, I would say the wildest radio that folks have never heard. James. <laughs> All right. Awesome. We'll leave it there for this week. Looking forward to it again next week. James, thanks for the stories. Thanks so much, buddy. Take care. <laughs>